welcome to No Power No Podcast, our Armada Fancast, where we talk all things Jacksonville Armada. This week we have myself, Daniel Dad Johnson, along with Derek. Hey, what's going on, everyone? And another special guest, uh, Stephen from Lower League USA, making an appearance. Stephen, how are you? I'm doing good. I really do appreciate you guys having me on your uh, podcast again. Yeah, we yeah, decided we, to let you. We back. ran out of. Uh, it, it was really so we can give um, Ian some time to uh, to have some therapy um because yeah. we've been picking on him a lot I, i've heard yeah, so he need... a little yeah yeah uh, sad sad Ian. It, it's bad enough that ian uh had to deal with toby wanting to be english and a celtic fan so we we figured we we'd spare him from uh from from for at least one more week okay so before we lose all of our listeners i said steven was our special guest but our real special guest is a former armada legend J.C. Banks. So J.C. Banks joined us today to talk a little bit about his time here at the Armada, as well as what he's up to now. So, Which I'm kind of excited about, because he was here um, the last two years of the Armada professional year. So he was here when the club went from no owner to being league run, to then the new owner coming in, and then the league collapsing, and he was there during like a very, um, uh, very rough time for for the Armada, but on the field they were like fantastic. It was such a fun right. team to watch. And not just that, it was yeah, also think... one of my last few years in Jacksonville. Thanks for reminding us. Yeah, so it hasn't that. been long enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's... Oh boy. Um. All right. So everybody, enough of the shenanigans. Let's uh. Sit back and relax. Let's listen to what JC has to say. All right, and joining us now is JC Banks. JC, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We're happy. We're glad to have you here. So, uh, I believe Derek's going to start off with some of the questions for you. Derek, fire away. So, JC, for those who aren't familiar with your background, um, your father is a very well-known soccer uh, player in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Not only was he a professional, but also capped by the U.S. men's national team um, mm-hmm. thirty-six times, I believe. Mm-hmm. Later, he was also the head coach of uh, Milwaukee School of Engineering men's soccer team for 20 years. Um, how much did he have influenced your growth in the game of soccer? Definitely a ton. I mean, um, obviously, I was with them all the time. Um, so um, I was always around soccer. Uh, everything for him in life always related to soccer. Um, so even if we were you know, out at restaurants, he was the guy that was doing plays and putting formations with sugar packets and, and salt <laughs> shakers and all that. Um, <laughs> so it's pretty heavy in my life. Um, so it was definitely a huge impact. That's awesome. So um, <laughs> you yourself followed in his footsteps, turning soccer into a professional career after college. Uh, when you signed with Rochester Rhinos of the USL at the time, um, why Rochester at that point in your career? Um, that was just how it, how it played out. I was right out of college. I went to Sweden for some trials and then, um, I was, while I was there, it was the draft in Toronto drafted me. Um, but I got back maybe like a week before the season and, um, Bob had seen me at the combine. Um, so he had me come in for a week and it was just luck and timing with that. Uh, he was actually had a guy in mind that he was going to sign that week. So it wasn't really a good chance for me. Um, but I show well the for a couple of days and um, he kind of 
told the guy he was going to sign and give him another week, and I ended up beating that guy out. So it was kind of um, just luck and timing that that one happened, and um, I had a good four years there. I learned a lot about Nice. So you being from there, I actually lived there for a short time, and my mom's from that area. Um, nice. What's the best barbecue in Rochester, and why is it dinosaur barbecue? I was going to say dinosaur barbecue, and just because it's delicious. <laughs> and it's a lot of food. Good, right? Good portions there. Yes, sir. And um, Rochester's also known for something else, garbage plates. Some of our listeners aren't familiar <laughs> with the garbage plate. Can you tell people what that is? Not at the big, it's a, the description is a garbage plate. It's a bunch of junk <laughs> in a But it's plate. delicious, though, right? It, I've had it once or twice, and it was it was From solid. I get it solid. Um, but the thing for that area for me was Wegmans. I wish there was Wegmans everywhere. For for me, it, it's Wegels. Uh, that is the okay. thing that I miss the most is yeah. some red hots, some white hots. It just yeah, it was a solid place. I enjoyed my time there. Okay, so I, I'm going to ask a quick question here. Um, after your USL stint with the Rhinos. You ended up joining the NASL side, or NASL at the time, Minnesota United. Uh, and you played with some uh, solid players, such as uh, Miguel Ibarra, uh, Christian Ramirez, and Stefano Pino. Mm-hmm. Just to name a few, as the team got ready to make his jump towards the uh, MLS. In that squad, uh, they led the NASL in goals with 54 uh, in 2015, and then they were third in the NASL in 2016 with 41 goals. How fun was that for you, playing on a side that had that much attacking power? It was a good time. I mean, it was a competitive competitive environment. Um, you had a lot of players that uh, could do the job. A lot of times I missed from that is a small-sided game. Small-sided games got pretty fun when we were there. And it was a pretty good – a lot of Brazilians in that in that team. Uh, a lot of good players, Miguel, you said, Christian. It was a lot of fun. Competitive, so anybody that got on the field uh, could kind of do the job. We just fell short. I thought we had a lot of talent with that group, and we should have did a bit more. Um, but, you know, that's how it happened. In uh, 2017, you made the uh, the transition to Jacksonville. At that time, the team was going through a little bit of a difficult patch, if you will, um, where our primary owner walked away. The team was league run. What made you want to, to come to Jacksonville and be a part of that team? To be honest with you, it was the – the conversations that I had with, with Nate and Mark okay. when I was making my decision, the, the things they kind of like, they saw me as a player, you know, they talked to coaches, you had all that stuff, but the conversations on the phone was more of like how you were as a person, you know, what was kind of your motivation? Um, where were your goals? Those type of things, which I think goes a long way. And I think it kind of showed me the type of environment that I would be going into, which it ended up happening because, uh, that group that first year was a pretty close group um, and it ended up being a pretty fun year. Um, thought we could have did some more success on the field. Um, but I think if we would have kept that group together, we could have done some special things. Yeah, definitely. For sure. We got that vibe from, uh, from Caleb when we interviewed him uh, last time around. We came with a couple mm-hmm. of teammates from Minnesota, uh, Aaron Pitchcolin and uh, Jack Blake. Did you guys plan mm-hmm. all to come together or did it just sort of work out that way? Um, <laughs> uh, it was all at different times when we signed, but all talked to each other kind of at the, at the same time and had the same agent, the same network kind of um, to get us there. So that first year, you uh, became a very important player for the Armada. Not only were you one of three players on the Armada that played in all 34 games that year, but 
you were extremely versatile on the squad and seemed to play everywhere on the pitch. Uh, and not only play everywhere, but at a, uh, at a high level as well. Uh, were you always a versatile player and asked to play in different spots, or was this something that was uh, new to you? I've always played, and I could play in different spots. I was always probably more of an attacker. But being a coach of something, being around my dad since a very young age, and, you know, getting to all my brother's games, all those type of things, I just knew how to play different positions I always played up growing up um, so I always had to figure things out and always knew that I wanted to get into coaching at some point so I always wanted to look at different different parts of the field so I think the the transition from position to position um, wasn't as tough and um, it's a little bit easier too with somebody like Mark that's pretty detailed in what they want um, so anybody that went into a position knew exactly, you know, what was asked of them and, and could try to deliver with that. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't a player that um, shied away from playing in a different spot at all. Okay, and, and kind of following up on, up on that, talking about playing for Mark, what was he like playing for a coach? How was he different from uh, – because we've gotten that feedback from some of the other guys that, that he was a little bit different than some of the other coaches. Yeah, no, Mark was a, a very good – he was, he was a very detailed coach, and you could tell he prepared a lot. He was passionate. Um, you could even tell to the points of uh, you can have some coaches that kind of just give speeches. Um, you could tell mm-hmm. he put some thought into it, and um, it might be something that he's talking about, but he'll put it up in a PowerPoint. So you can tell the preparation that goes by it. And then, you know, his training sessions, um, the system that he played, he was very detailed. And so when people got in the games, we were predictable mm-hmm. to each other. Um, which helped us be uh, successful, I think, in trying to maximize what we had in the group. Um, a lot of his play tried to, how do I want to put it? It, it, it was a, a style that fit the players that we had. Um, it wasn't just mm-hmm. he wants to play this way and this has to be. He kind of tweaked it a little bit to the players that we had. So that season's almost over, and uh, we end up with a new owner, uh, Robert Palmer. What was it like once he took over to the team? Did you notice any changes at all or any, any sort of difference in feeling? I thought it was picking up some momentum. Um, obviously, everyone was concerned about what was going to happen after that um, without an owner. People with contracts and all that stuff So you're thinking about. And um, when he came in, he seemed he was a guy that um, seemed like he was into it. Like he wanted, he was a part of it when he when he first signed. He had lunch with us. Um, that was pretty good. He started to do a couple of different things at the stadium. Obviously, things happened after the season, but when he came in, I thought that um, he had some ideas of what he wanted to do, how he wanted to tie in, you know, the marketing with his companies, with the team, which I think is a pretty good idea. So I'm kind of excited to see where where they go with it from here. All right, good stuff. So, so as the first season winds down, you guys just miss jumping the Cosmos on the last game of the season what was the feeling like with the team coming home from san francisco that year it was a bit frustrating because we knew we dropped some games earlier in the year that we shouldn't have um that kind of cost it that we needed some help towards the end of the season i wanted if i can remember correctly i think it was the two games of puerto rico right after the mid-season break um, that we dropped. I think we dropped at home and away. Games like that could have changed the season for us. So it was a little bit frustrating, but it was a close group, and we had some optimism that if we did stay together and we could, everybody could figure out their situations off the field, that we could, we could have had some good success the next year. Um, so what we also realized, first off, I was there at that airport when you guys came back from San Francisco, and it was really good to see you guys come back. I just remember that very uh, 
vividly in my mind. But moving on from that, we found out shortly after that, the NASO collapsed. It's no more that you're they're hanging on from a life thread or on a on a, a thin thread. And uh, lawsuits happened. Uh, I think Robert Palmer was one of them. Uh, the New York Cosmos owner and Miami owner were also talking about a possible breakaway league. But in the end, the Armada ended up joining the NPSL. Where, uh, how much were you and the rest of the team kept informed about the steps of the Armada journey from NASL to NPSL? Um, I wouldn't say we were. <laughs> I think they were trying to figure it out as it was happening. They didn't have any on it was some unknown to them as well because they were still doing contracts and everything planning as we were still going to have the season. So that's time my contract and maybe two, three weeks after that is when the league folded, which was actually, I found out the day after my wedding. So that was a nice little wedding gift. <laughs> wow. That's, that's one um, way to do that. But then afterwards, after that happened, they were pretty transparent with us and, you know, talk to us about how they could make it work. They knew some guys would have to sacrifice a little bit with their careers or some guys wanted to go to USL. They worked with them with the contracts to make it happen. Um, if you wanted to stay, they would pay you out for the year. Um, so they tried to make the best of the situation. Um, obviously, they would have liked for the league to stay or form that new league. It just didn't happen that way. Um, so I, I think after it ended up happening, they were – honest with guys you know so that was good at least well it's definitely good to hear that they were very transparent with you guys and were very flexible with what the uh, guys wanted to do with their career you ended up joining and playing in the sunshine conference of the mpsl which was a uh, interesting mix of teams um if i recall right you had armada miami who still pretty much professional teams at that point you had Naples, which is has been consistently a solid amateur side. And you had like Storm FC, who was good for like 10 goals scored on them every single game. <laughs> but <laughs> was there any away games down in South Florida that you just said to yourself, what am I doing here in the NPSL? <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I... <laughs> I knew what I was getting myself into. My my decision to stay was more so I didn't want to end up moving my wife after we just got married and I just signed a lease and all that stuff. So I knew what I was getting into. I played MPS, MPSL before in college, so I knew the type of environment that I was going into. But we definitely went to some games where some guys were looking a little confused and not sure if this was what they had signed up for. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be, I'll Believe me, us, us is, <laughs> us is, it's going to say us as supporters kind I will of say the same way too. Like, what, right what are we getting into? Point. Yeah. yeah very <laughs> to, to be fair for us though, it, it did make it easy for us to make all the away yeah, travel. Mm -hmm. we, we Like yeah. Puerto Rico was fun and everything and mm -hmm. India was always fun. North Carolina was fun. Like, but mm -hmm. we were always a drive away. Steven that year, I think you made every single, um, all four. All, all 16 Armada games that I, year, home and away, I right? I missed one home game, but I went to every single away game that season, and it was uh, quite the experience and quite the amount of fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my, my favorite was probably uh, Boca. Oh. We, we get there as like Atlantic Beach High School or something like that, or I forget, and there's like rakes right next to the field and like a 
uh, long jump pit. And it's like, pit. Right. we're about to field a professional <laughs> soccer team. And I heard like the, the locker room was um, the hallway of the high the school. Hallway. Like it yeah. was yeah. like just a complete uh, mess. I'm pretty sure some people got some things taken away. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> so this is. <laughs> So I did hear about that. So, um, but as the season played out, the the Armada actually finished second place in the Sunshine Conference and mm-hmm. got a home game versus Miami United, which in the regular season you drew one one in Jacksonville and zero zero in Hialeah. This was the Armada's first playoff game. It's at Hodges, and the team ends up winning four one behind two goals from you, and also mm-hmm. two later goals from from uh, Kilduff. Do you remember anything about that game that you can uh, tell us about? I do remember getting some goals. I kind of forget how they happened. Um, but I do remember because <laughs> Miami was a pretty good team. They um, they had some players on that team. Um, I think Mark actually took one or two of those guys when he went to El Paso. Um, so they had some players. And when they when we played them earlier in the year, it was some back and forth. Um, so it ended up being a pretty fun game, actually. Oh, yeah. It was really fun with 4-1. And I remember um, their keeper, Peterson mm-hmm. um, Ossinot. He loved talking trash to us. And I remember um, the away game down in Miami. United, Steven and me were at that game. And Meshach's wife was probably about 10 feet away from us. And she, I don't know what she said to him in Creole. But I, I was like, "Oh my God, let's go!" Like I was ready to fight for that woman. So, and when he came to Jacksonville for that playoff game, he was just taunting all the supporters. And the mm-hmm. fact that you guys put four past him and he subbed himself out in like the second half <laughs> was just perfect to that. Yeah, I did forget that he subbed himself out. I do remember that now. I was there. So, I've never had that happen before. That was pretty interesting. <laughs> and, and I think he was the same keeper that when the Armada played in the Open Cup this past season, when mm-hmm. we went to a 10-PK shootout, 10v10, I think mm-hmm. he was the keeper that got stopped when uh, when we won it this year. So right. we got another one up on him. There you uh, go. So, <clears throat> but that actually set up the next game, which was a trip down to Miami FC. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys beat them in Jacksonville previously in the year one nothing, and then down in Miami you drew one one. Game doesn't quite go our way. We end up losing three one to the eventual NPSL champs. Mm-hmm. From a supporter's view, we kind of had the optimism that the team wouldn't be dead, but we knew the realistically it being a pro team was probably done until we got a new stadium. Um, mm-hmm. What was your perspective as a player? Did you all know that it was going to be end of your time here in Jacksonville? I wouldn't say we knew, but you knew it could be a, a good chance of it. We weren't too sure what was going to happen at that point. Um, you're hoping for the best, but the business, the soccer business is uh, pretty pretty crazy um so some of us have been through some stuff like that before it's not it, it wasn't like a thing where it's shocking if a team fully folds or something like that so you know th- different things can happen you hope for the best um but um it'll if you don't just worry about what you control you'll probably get pretty stressed <laughs> in that business it's probably not for you if you're worried about what you can't control so obviously a lot of us guys have conversations and we kind of wait and and see um, and try to have some backup plans. Um, so that's kind of 
how most of us handled it. Yeah, nice nice place to be for a little while. Fair, very true. Summers are very nice in Minnesota, but for the whole year. Winter's not so much. Jacksonville yeah. is, is, a, is a bit better. Minus hurricane seasons and stuff. Like. You, you, so I lived in North Dakota for a little bit, and the further you get away from North Dakota, the better is what my <laughs> thoughts are. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. I can imagine. So you started your career in Wisconsin, obviously with the ties with your father. You, you were also ended up able to close out your career in Wisconsin at a Ford Medicine. Mm-hmm. How did it feel to be able to end in the same city that you basically started your career in? It was nice to be closer to home. There hadn't been a professional team in Wisconsin for a while. Outdoor. Um, they have the indoor team. I play indoor there in Milwaukee, um, but didn't have an outdoor team for a while. So it was nice to be back home. And, you know, everything happens for a reason. The year I went back is when my, my dad actually got sick, so I was actually be I was actually able to be home and, and, and kind of be for that. If I was gone, I wouldn't have been able uh, to be there for those moments as much as I was. So I was thankful for that. Um, but then it was it was nice to to play at home. They had good crowds. We had some good momentum that first year. I thought things were headed in the right direction, um, and I think they're still doing a good job. Uh, but COVID has kind of slowed it down a little bit. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it there. It, it was a good time. Well, of course it was a good time. You had a uh, you you get there and you score their first goal as a franchise. So that was that had to be a cool moment, right? Yeah, it was a it, it was a, definitely a fun experience being there. Nice. So there's you ended up going to uh, Ford Madison as you kind of briefly talked about right there. How mm-hmm. different was the organization feel? from a player standpoint up there than it was down in Jacksonville with the Armada. Organization-wise, I I, don't, I wouldn't say it was a huge difference for that. Um, I think maybe in Jacksonville it might have been more soccer-based, more soccer people around, um, just because the, the owners in Madison were or are baseball guys. They end up buying a, a team, so they kind of have their own model of going about it. But then obviously got some soccer people to, to be around and put it together. But it was just more of that going on in Jacksonville, I would say. All right. So um, you, you had a solid career as a player. What was your favorite moment of your career? What, what sticks out in your mind that, uh, that uh, you know, makes you feel good? Favorite moment? That's a toughie right there. Coming favorite in with the hard moment questions. moment in my career. Yeah, I, can, I would have to think about that one. I would say it was a cool moment um, the last year, kind of having my son after the game. Um, I wish I would have been playing with him a little bit more. I thought mm-hmm. that would have been pretty cool to kind of have him around a little bit more while I was playing. But he gets it now with the college kids. So maybe some of the game winners and things like that were, were pretty fun. Any uh, memorable and the, moments and the trips, with the, the trips in the locker rooms. The Open Cup game was pretty the the one against Tampa because there was a lot of back and f- a lot mm-hmm. of talk. Those are the games that you like and you miss. It's when it's some back and forth and it gets competitive and you get to talk a little right. smack, you know. So um, we we actually have a funny story of something that happened at that Open Cup game against Tampa. So they had um, <clears throat> Joe Cole at the time, mm-hmm. and it's halftime. He's warming up to come on the pitch, <laughs> and he kicks a ball 
and he completely misses the goal and hits one of our members in the supporter section. I won't <laughs> name him because of the incriminating <laughs> stuff that happens afterwards. <laughs> so just drills him in the face as he's like setting up for the second half with uh, so one of the instruments and everything. Mm-hmm. And and Joe Cole has this look of, oops, my bad, and then just like turns around, walks away. Uh-huh. like. But he chuckled a little bit. So that person may or may not have um, found their way behind the bench of the Rowdies and had water thrown on Joan Cole <laughs> during that game. <laughs> so uh, it was JC, but it was even better that remember, we won that too. <laughs> I did not know that. If you remember yeah if you remember if you remember JU the bleachers were up above where the bench was, right? So the benches were sort of under the bleachers. So yeah. it was easy yeah. to have something poured poured on his head. And then subsequently uh, security blocked off that corner, so we could nobody from our section behind the goal could walk over there. And then there was a whole other incident um, with that, which we, <laughs> we don't need to go into that incident. Yeah, oh, there's some, yeah, some legal, legal stuff with involved with that. Well, yeah, we won't go any further. Hey, I live. I live by three models. I, I live by actually probably four models. F the Cosmos, F the Rowdies, <laughs> F Orlando City, and uh, F Miami FC. So, <laughs> not bad, not bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, but seriously, um, as a supporter, though, like we want to thank you for letting us tag along for the ride. It was definitely some fun times. Um, we we're also very appreciative of the everyone who stayed in that 2018 season mm-hmm. when it was easy for you guys to go off and find another club. Mm-hmm. It really gave us as supporters some great memories, some great core memories for away trips that we still talk about and cherish today. Well, thank you guys. I mean, that that's what makes it fun. That's what makes it enjoyable. That's why people want to stick around. I mean... The, I don't think guys would have stayed around if we didn't think something good could have been going on there. And the only way that's going to happen is with the fans. I mean, I don't think you just put a team somewhere where you don't think it's going to get good support and it's, it's not going to be, you know, helpful to the community or people come out and, and back it. So I've been waiting for a team to kind of – when we always talk, we say Jacksonville's a great market. I don't know what's taking so long to figure out the league, but – I'm not a guy with all the money, so I just yeah. November second, all will be revealed. Yeah, we'll be coming on November second. Do you, do you uh, guys we'll, know we'll that? We'll, yeah, we can't say. Well, it's, it's a big secret. It's a very oh. uh, it's the worst yeah, kept it, secret just, in Jacksonville, <laughs> to be honest. So yeah, we, we like still can't, it, it's like Fight Club. We can't talk about it yet. Okay, so, so, somebody who's right. pretty independent when it comes to because of the website, it, it's pretty obvious where it's going to lead to. I'm not going to say anything because of knowledge, but it, 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 there's only really uh, one or two viable options. Yeah. I haven't educated yeah, league wise, yet, but I haven't been told anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I hear there, there, may be, there may be some sort of facility being built as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's more to come on November 2nd. Well, that, that's, that's Just, even a worse kept secret. <laughs> well, that's true. Well, that, that's some... Some of that's out there in the, uh, they, in the, the, the political. Yeah, that the, that's the, all the zoned off, knowledge. and there's permits. But we can't talk about that. It's just like Fight Club, like we said. Go to throw <laughs> one more question at you, then we're going to let you go. T- 
tell us about what you're up to these days. Um, now I'm an assistant coach at Northern Kentucky University. Um, so it's a D1 school in a Horizon League. The coach I played for in Green Bay took over the program last year and brought me in as well in, the, in February of last year. Um, so we're starting to build the program. Um, it's, it's something that, you know, I've, I've just been around it my whole life. My dad coached. I figured that I would get into it at some point. And um, coach gave mm-hmm. me the opportunity. I know he's good at uh, building a program, and he does a good job of not only the stuff on the field, but I think in college, that age 18, 22, 23, um, you kind of develop a lot on and off the field. Um, and you kind of... Mm-hmm shape people's lives in those years um so that's kind of why i'm attracted to being in that age group that's what i like about it um so learning a lot and hopefully you know can build a successful program here hey so if you got any um solid players that need some work in the summertime rumor has mm-hmm. that there's an npsl team in jacksonville mm-hmm. that's looking for those guys so i talked let to us tommy. know we can we, we can we can nudge some people i talked to tommy last year it was a guy that was supposed to go he was uh he lives in saint augustine but i think i think he's south of saint augustine so it would have been a decent drive for him every day okay but i'm hoping to maybe that maybe works out next year um, but yeah, I, I definitely talked to Tommy a few times about that and some of the players in the club to recruit from there. Uh, just a one, I think one last question for myself. If an opportunity ever came your way to come back to the Armada organization in some capacity, you know, maybe a coach or like some of the things with the youth teams, if that ever comes back, would you be interested in returning to your your home away from home? Um, you never know what happens. I mean, I never say never. If situations make sense, they make sense. If they don't, they don't. All right. I think that is going to do it. I do JC, miss the beach. Thank the you. Beach uh, nice. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah, definitely. You don't get that in uh, Northern Kentucky for sure. No, unfortunately. All right. so, no. JC, thank Yeah. Thank you very much for your time. We appreciate you joining us and, um, we hope to, uh, circle back with you sometime in the future. Perfect. Well, thank you for having me. All right. Thank you so much, man. This episode is sponsored by Print Kingdom. Print Kingdom is a local veteran-owned business offering custom screen-printed goods to help elevate and make your small business or organization stand out from the crowd. So that was the word from J.C. Banks. Uh, so great to have him on. Yeah, it's a it's a fun conversation. It's it's good to hear from the player side of how things went and like what they're like, especially with like him letting us know about the team, um, how transparent they were during that whole time with uh, while they were going with the league collapsing and going to the NPSL and them working with the players that they didn't want to sign up for that. Um, so right, that's good to hear. Honestly, it was really yeah, really good. It, a lot of those memories, in. and uh, just just see, like you said, what life was like for the players back then. Yeah, so, for sure. Steven, and... I got a I got a question for you. Twenty eighteen season NPSL away day king. I don't think anyone traveled as much as you that year. I think um, I could have been NPSL supporter of the year that year if I really tried. They didn't have that back then. They, I don't think they did, but they should have. Yeah, they, if. if it it was you you were probably like one of the reasons why 
we have competitions year in year out of like where some people track mileage of how far every people go each year from section 904 um to see who who traveled the most distance and stuff um but how come like that lee the sunshine conference was like competitive like really competitive that year uh, uh, this, what this do you remember most uh from that year like the way day trips and all that I, one of the memories I remember is I took my nephew to his first away game as well. I, I went all the way down to Naples, and I think it was, if I remember, it was just me and him. Didn't you meet Brian down there? Uh, oh, there was one more person. It might have been Brian. Yeah, because he, um, he he's from that area. Yeah, so uh, he might have been there too. I just remember I drove all the way down from Jacksonville to Naples, and that was quite the uh, trek. And then the other bit i remember from that season was uh miami united they were a that was you feisty, and me you and me went there so that they game. were a feisty bunch of players and, and and coaches and i remember the they were a dirty team that year too that that's a less nicer way to put it and uh i remember mark yelling certain things too that i'm not going to repeat in a podcast but like it was definitely one of those that was going to get feisty and chippy and was going to get ugly real quick if oh it, talking it, about mark that that game against um what was it uh boca i remember like right before halftime he walked around to the bent uh to the gate to like leave that area and he said something to someone who just chewed the ref out at halftime and just lit into them. I think they got ejected from the game. Um, I think Mark had them like <laughs> give him an earful because he couldn't <laughs> as the coach. It was uh it was definitely one of those like lower league soccer moments that like was like, Oh Jesus. This oh. is we're we're not in the NASL anymore. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was a change to professionalism and everything, but I loved every second of it, if I'm being honest. So what what about the players? What, part what of players the do you guys re- what what players do you guys remember from that year the most? Uh, Yuma, ah uh, Yuma. Yeah, yeah, that was his first year there. Fact, he came up with the song fact, on the way down to Boca. Fact, if, yeah, in fact, in Boca he came up in the stands with us. Remember? Yeah, During the game. Yeah, we we thought he game. didn't speak any English. That and like <laughs> they they were loving the the song uh, uh, that we made for him. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, but I remember the, the, so some people might not know this. Um, there were a couple players on the squad in Josh Cassianos and Mikey Melvin, who like Mikey was a left back that just had Dan's favorite thing, work rate. He was just gritty and and tough. Um, and and Josh was that, uh, midfielder that was creative, young, uh, had the legs on him and was like full attack mode. That was just like an engine type player. Um, those guys were supposed to play in the N- the NPSL squad, and I heard that squad was actually supposed to be coached by Tommy K that year. Um, and he was the one that brought those players in. But when the our, when the N- NASL collapsed, there was no room for like. They had the professional players that they were going to stay here. So those players got a chance to compete with the first team, and they ended up winning spots and being regulars. 
for that first team squad. And even Josh, I, did not know I think that. Josh went to El Paso um, uh, after the did. team left and played played another year or two with them. He had such like yeah. potential. I remember him playing, and I also remember like against Storm. Uh, sorry, people who played for Storm back then. Um, but Meshach, I, I can't remember if he scored or was very close to scoring from right near our goal as well to the other side of the pitch. That, that's just how like easy it came down there in uh, Lauderhill or Fort Lauderdale, one of those two places. But that, that, the Cricket Stadium, it was crazy. Oh, that was the one I missed. Oh, yeah. What, was be... the game at the Cricket Stadium? That was, that was, the was one um, with the... Palm Beach United, I think. There, and there was like a, I heard there was like a lot of lightning delays yes. and. Like it was like three yeah. hours of lightning delay. It was like Fourth of July yeah. too, or like that time frame. So it was just it was crazy. Right, and what what was going to happen if they if we they had to stop play by a certain time, and if we didn't make that cutoff, they were going to have to wait to play till Monday, and the match was on a Saturday. So uh, there was some uh, persuasive talking with the referees uh, going on with uh, with Nathan and the referees before that match. I remember that well. It was another interesting trip, but we'll save that for our um, upcoming episodes on supporters uh, culture during that time. And some, you know, maybe share some stories and things like that. So you guys got anything you, else? You know which supporter, you know which uh, supporter I, loved that, uh, loved, that, loved that year the most of us playing in the Sunshine Conference? Olin. Oh, oh yeah, because we were down, down there. He lived there. down there. So all the away games were pretty much home games for him in South Florida. I have one thing to add. So I, I if you guys have been following me on uh, what's it called now? X, I guess is what they like to call it. Um, I formerly known as Twitter. Formerly known as Twitter. I launched my website last Friday. Oh, congratulations! And, uh, thank you. And I am currently in the middle of a giveaway of stickers. So if you you follow the page, you see what you need to do, and uh, see if you guys can get yourself a free sticker with our new logo. What What's the website? LowerLeagueUSA.com. LowerLeagueUSA.com. Okay. And, and what can uh, people expect on this website? You can find a uh, one-stop shop for all professional standings underneath MLS. So I have the USL Championship standings right there right now, USL League One standings working on Nisa MLS Next Pro. It's taking me a little bit longer. Uh, you're going to find podcast information, interviews with clubs, uh, and much, much more, including the eventual release of the football manager sim with promotion relegation with like darn near every team. Awesome. Well, we look forward to uh, seeing the seeing this come to reality. I, I know that 2018 year and then your time in overseas really got you involved with following a lot more lower league soccer. So it, it's awesome to see how this journey is coming full circle over the past five years with you. The Omrata definitely played a huge part in it because I didn't even know anything under MLS at one point. And now look at me now. I, I cover even like the even local rec leagues in like uh, Buffalo, for example. Perfect. Well, thank you so All much right, for joining but... us, Stephen. Yeah, don't leave I it another. You guys having me. What? Don't don't leave it another 21 episodes. episodes. Yeah, 21. I think well, I, he was on, was you on episode one. He was on I episode was, one uh, and that was it. One. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that was, was episode twenty-three. Yeah. Okay. If, if anyone we'll wants that. to, um, Stephen, what's your oh. what's your X handle? It's uh, 
Oh, I, I did it short. Yeah, I did. At, at Lower League USA. Thank you. At Lower League USA. I yeah. didn't know if I did L O U S A. So my bad. Um, so follow me please, at please, Lower League USA and uh and, my, my and tell league. him how much you want to hear him come back on the podcast a little more regularly. He does succumb to peer pressure a lot. So <laughs> please help us out. Like especially since uh uh two of the people in this uh podcast right now like drove out to your wedding, like you'd think you'd want to come out a little more often. So uh, let me let me throw the viewers in real quick for one oh, last oh, thing. Oh, one oh, of the reasons why I haven't been on in twenty episodes is I did have <laughs> the birth of my son. So I have been a little preoccupied with taking care of my son. So well, you say the baby can't take care of themselves? Come did, on. Unfortunately Jeez. he just can't take care of himself just yet. I'm still working on that, but I will try to make a few more appearances and not be so long in between them. That's awesome. Congratulations on uh, uh on your little one. I don't know if you want us to put out his name out, but yeah. Congratulations. Uh, thank you, I appreciate it. All right, well that's gonna do it. So we'll leave you with Go Armada. Vamos Armada. Steven? 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 And until next time, no power, no podcast. Go on,